Brian in Tulsa writes, that is what I call my phone plan, Mr. Unlimited. Well done. I need that. Uh, Sugar Shane, geez, and I thought nails on a chalkboard were unnerving. No. I had not heard that before. So thank you, Teddy and Tyler, because not only did it, it it caused just horrible, like, hair-raising goosebumps, but it also had me walking around all night going, Mr. Unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's unlimited. I can't believe. Isn't it nice when oh. you've you find out that you've gone? I don't know a period of months or years, and everybody's known about something, and you just find out about it for the first time. It's oh, it's kind of exciting. Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice. Very happy. All right, we're over, uh, we owe you a roster update for OU. We'll do it first. Uh, stories from last night, obviously. The Dallas Cowboys are moving on. They have won the wild card game in Tampa, beating the Buccaneers 31 to 14, and the Dallas Cowboys are going on to the divisional round of the playoffs. Meanwhile, afterwards, of course, the uh, story centered around four missed extra points. Come on, Brett, you can do it. Here's the snap. It's good. The extra point kick is up. It kicked off the right upright and went out. My goodness. <laughs> and then, of course, when he finally makes one, ESPN is in like a, a replay of CeeDee Lamb's touchdown. But what's even funnier than that, Josh, we had a game with four missed extra points, and the story in the locker room became what? Tom Brady's future. You know, we lost tonight. It was, it's a team sport, so never considered any individual things like that you know obviously we came up short as a team and that's really all that matters that's all I've really cared about was team success and you know how well we did as a team and how well we performed under pressure and tonight was obviously not one of our best nights um and of course Tom really didn't give a good answer about his future so uh his head coach was was left to answer for him Tom's got some decisions to make as far as what's next for him um I'm sure he'll want to hear kind of what you guys' plans are for next year. What would be your pitch to him for him to stay? Well, man, we'll sit down and have a conversation, and we'll talk about it at that time. So, you know, it's not anything publicly that needs to be said at this time. Okay. My pitch would be we'd like to go in a different direction anyways, so <laughs> wish him well. Derek Carr would be a nice fit in Tampa. How about just a swap? Mark Davis wants Tom Brady. Derek Carr, I think, would be really there's, – there's three places I'm rooting for Derek Carr to go to. Tampa is one. New Orleans is the second. And in Indy, just because I'd like to be able to root for the Colts with Toby and Drake. Though, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm kind of over the other guy that's been a quarterback in one place for a long time. I'm over the Phillip Rivers. I'm over the Matt Ryan. I'm over the Nick Foles. Let's go. If we're going to get someone, let's just draft a dude and build from there. That that's where I stand. So I don't, I don't think the Colts are a possibility. If you're Indy, you're saying, hey, let's find our Mister Unlimited. Mister Unlimited. Um, anything else from last night we need to get to that we missed? You know, I just uh, thought it was kind of amazing that that's the first road win, road win for Dallas in the playoffs in 31 years. That's, uh, you know, wild. It goes to show you, first off, it's tough to win on the road in the playoffs. Right. And, you know, beyond that, it's tough to win playoff games, period. I mean, you're talking about a 
franchise that I get it has not won a Super Bowl since the mid '90s, and in a lot of ways, relative to their expectations, dating back to the success they had in the '90s, has kind of been down and out, right? Throughout right. a lot of it on the big stage, but man, it just it just goes to again illustrate it ain't easy no. winning the, in the playoffs and. You just don't do a lot of it, especially away from home. No, you don't. Uh, and I'll, I want to add one more thing, too, from last night. I I get everyone on, on Twitter loves the Manning cast, and I watch the clips of it and get a kick out of it. But for me, I've come to realize something this year. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are my favorite duo to call a game. Period. I just, when it comes to TV broadcasts, those are my guys. And I guess I didn't really grasp it until this year. And I'll tell you what, I I watch a lot of the Sunday night games with the audio off because the shows, I do the Sunday night show, but I like Tariko and Collinsworth when I listen to them. It's nothing against the new guy, uh, Kevin Burkholter on Fox, who I thought was fantastic with Greg Olson this weekend. They had a great game too. Nothing against Nance and Romo. But I'm t- those are my guys. And when Troy Aikman gets mad at a quarterback – it's probably my favorite thing. Like everyone was so upset about how he was just filleting Trevor Lawrence the week before, and then he throws four picks in the first half this week. I, I just I love them. They're my favorite. So kudos to ESPN for going and getting those guys, and I'll miss them not calling the Super Bowl this year. But I did have to laugh as, as soon as the game is over, a lot of people on Twitter started thinking the same way I did. You think Tom Brady will be in the booth for the Super Bowl? He'll call the Super Bowl broadcast? Um, that would be pretty cool. I think I'd be cool with that. I think I'd be cool with that. Uh, so, a big night in the Big 12 tonight. A lot of good basketball games. We'll take a snapshot of them in the top five stories of the day. Jerome Tang said what everyone needed to hear about Kansas State and Kansas. So, we got a busy hoop show coming up as well. All right, I feel good. You ready to move on to some roster talk here? Well, hang on a second. Well, what did Uh-oh. he say? Uh, what did he say about KU? I can't wait to watch. Oh, this you haven't game heard tonight. it yet? Uh-uh. Okay, we'll do it here. Real quick, it's it's a rather lengthy cut, but I'll do it here real quick. And this was in the Kansas State Pre- – let me make sure I have my audio turned up. I've got kind of a wonky setup today, Josh Helmer, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and it's my own fault. All right, here was Jerome Tang yesterday in talking about Kansas. My message to our, our students, okay, because that – I don't want them to show up to the game and yell and scream, and I don't want our fans to, to show up to the game because they hate the other team. Right? I want them to show up because they love Kansas State. Right? Our guys, every guy on our roster, they didn't pick this school because they hated somebody else. They picked this school because they love us as a staff, they love this community, and they love this university. And I would be real interested to see how we can really change this thing around if, our, if we're motivated by love, right, rather than by hate. And uh, I just feel, and I know I'm going to upset some people, I feel like uh, we, the Kansas State community and family, allow them to live rent-free in our heads way too much. Okay, this game, it's, it's one game in the conference. If we win, we get one win. If we lose, we get one loss. That's it. I know I'm going to upset some people. I feel like we, the Kansas State community and family, allow them to live rent-free in our heads way too much. Dude. (laughs) 
That's pretty strong from Jerome Tang, wouldn't you say? And meanwhile, as they play Sandstorm later tonight, <laughs> there will be language. I mean, that's got to be what that's in response to, right? Is, hey, let's not do the bleep KU and let's behave with a certain type of decorum. Ooh. I didn't think of it that way. That's what he's talking about. Okay. All right. I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as we need to stop trying to compare ourselves constantly to Kansas and our success or failure is based on what we did against Kansas. I see what you're saying. They've had some problems with the way their fans have behaved at this game. Yes, and and I think it's both. I I think it's that too, which is, look, I get that this is a huge game for us, but make it about love instead of, you know, bleep KU. I guess Kansas fans are all hot about this too. I guess Kansas fans are a little bit bent, but there you go. There was Jerome Tang's message ahead of the Sunflower Showdown tonight. Will you get Iowa State and Texas tonight? Is Cyclone Larry going to be okay on Twitter? It's going to be fun. All right, here's an update as we roll on here on the Plank Show to our Sooner roster watch. And it's kind of a daily thing here on the show if there's any movement. I wasn't here on Monday. So, as I understand it, of the players that entered the portal for the Sooners, we added a seventh that found a new destination over the weekend. And again, to Alan Kinney's research that he had on social media the other day, Josh, it's another Oklahoma Sooner who is transferring somewhere that is not Oklahoma Sooner defender, that is transferring somewhere that is not a Power 5 school. Josh Ellison to Memphis, which I think is a great fit for him. And I like Josh Ellison. And he had flashes. And he provided depth. But, you know, I think – I wonder if Alabama fans get mad whenever guys transfer to, like, Auburn and and Georgia. I'm sure they do. But, you know, it's not – you're losing guys to other Power 5 programs, so you know you got dudes. So far, of the defensive guys in the portal for the Sooners this offseason, Joshua Eaton is signed with Texas Tech, Kendall Dennis with USF South Florida, Cedric Roberts with Texas State, and Josh Ellison with Memphis. So, again, you're you're now granted you're bringing in guys from the Texas states and the uh, Oklahoma states of the world to replace him, but I think it's a little bit different when you're going to get guys to bring him in than guys that are going out. Which means, to my surprise, Josh Helmer, of the defensive players in the portal, I look and see Clayton Smith, Jordan Mukes, and Alton Tarber still without homes, and David Aguebu. Though we get the sense that Aguebu's market is heating up a little bit, right? Yeah, but look, uh, you know, you've got today and tomorrow, and and that's it for the portal window. This thing's closing, at least in this initial spot. And, I mean, I I would imagine you'd like to, for most of these guys, be at your next location for the spring semester when it starts. Sure. And go through spring football. And so there should be some legitimate movement, I would think, today or tomorrow. Mm. Mm. I don't 
I don't know what to make of it because I'm looking here, and I just mentioned those names, Smith, Mukes, Tarber. There's Bray Walker, Bryson Washington, Ralph Rucker, Gavante Henry, Gavante, Gavante Henry, Brian Darby, Trayvon West, Jackson Sumlin, and David Aguebu of guys that not only do I not see with Holmes yet, Josh, in our official Giggle Doc, but I also haven't seen any buzz, right? Aguebu, what do we what what'd you connect the dots for HawkeyeWire.com? There was a little conversation of a following on social media that kind of caught a few eyes yeah, with Aguebu. When the director of recruiting right. is following David Aguebu and just just hit that follow button, it, it gathers your attention, especially when said individual, oh, by the way, just hit the transfer portal. So I think you can connect the dots and say that Iowa's interested in Iowa, by the way, lost a linebacker this transfer portal season, Justin Jacobs, to Oregon. So all of that kind of concocts itself to, okay, probably I was pretty interested there. Now, there's nothing official on that front. There's no report from Aguebu that he's been offered. I haven't seen that on any of the recruiting boards, but just putting two and two together, pretty good chance that's happened. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay. So, portal window closes tomorrow. By the way, yesterday was a deadline for declaring for the draft, too. You know, to C.J. Stroud slid in right under the wire, didn't he? Yeah. So we didn't have any additional draft submissions from OU, nor were we really expecting any. All right, so that's an update on who's who's out. Let's get you caught up on who's in next. It's ten seventeen. It's a Tuesday edition of the Plank Show. I'm on the road. I'm at. I'm on campus today. First day of class has got to be here, and I got a little volleyball responsibility as well. We'll get you all the details of what's incoming and what could still be next for the Sooners right here on the ref. We haven't even met yet, so that's something that comes up later in the process. I think each team would be a little different. Mickey Loomis and I have talked already about it. I, I think ultimately the compensation for the Saints would be a mid or later first-round pick. Okay. And he'll get the right compensation, and, and I'm sure the team, if it gets that far, uh, will arrive at it. And it's probably this year it would probably be – you know, a mid to late first round pick, I would say. Now it changes if nothing happens this year and we go next year, then it, that changes considerably. Sean Payton from The Herd with Colin Coward. We had a good good question earlier off the Air Comfort Solutions text line as we welcome you back to the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Of course, the big story in sports beyond our roster conversations, right? It centers around what's next for Tom Brady. But also there's a what's next for Sean Payton. And I thought this was a really good question before we get to roster talk. Um, It's from Frisco Sooner. Josh Plank, I self-admittedly don't care that much about the NFL as I do college. But I just don't see why everyone puts Sean Payton on this elite pedestal. To hear the media and Cowboy fans talk, you would think he is the second coming of Vince Lombardi. I don't see it. What's you guys' thoughts? Josh, what's you guys' thoughts on it? Well, you and I discussed this, that basically any coach that is a Super Bowl winning coach that leaves to do TV or is in the broadcasting sphere, automatically it's boom. You raise this coach up another notch. But beyond that, just looking at the credentials, Sean Payton is 
he he's like a lot of these guys that you know we say that about hey you you jump into the the television sphere and automatically elevate that individual but a lot of those guys that we're talking about in that capacity plank they have this in common long standing years of success sure getting to the playoffs and again having won at least one super bowl names like bill cower names like tony dungy in uh, this instance here sean payton so that would be i think why we see teams sort of falling head over heels for the idea of Sean Payton. The Saints, for a long period of time, I know that they only got the one ring to show for it, but there's not a lot of franchises that have that sustained amount of success. So that is very, very attractive. Super Bowl winning coaches in TV, right? That's what you're talking about. You get those You get those coaches that had a little bit tenure, have themselves a Super Bowl ring, suddenly they get into TV and we're just tripping all over ourselves. <gasps> oh, dude, Sean, could you imagine Sean Payton with X, Y, and Z player? Meanwhile, once Drew Brees retired, we saw what happened in Nolans last year. I don't know, well, not the previous year, Sean Payton's final season. I'm not trying to be Peter King and pick New Orleans to go to the – Super Bowl. In fact, what was it? The NFC Championship game, according to Peter King, was Packers Viking or Packers Saints in New Orleans, where the Saints is the one seed. Um, I think it's a really good question. If I had a vacancy, would I want to give up a first round pick for Sean Payton? Probably not. Unless I was. Teams that I would love to see Sean Payton that I would give up a first-round pick for. Raiders, but now they don't have a quarterback. Uh, I thought I thought he'd be great with him. Cowboys, but now, I mean, can Dallas move along, move away from Mike McCarthy, Josh? They can't, right? He's one. Now, if they could beat 56-0 next week by the Niners, maybe. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, teams in the Cowboys are above this line. But teams that are just on the verge. I don't know. The Chargers would be a great. I would give up a first-round pick if I was the Chargers to go get Sean Payton. But some places I'm like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna bring it to Mecco Ryans. Or, you know, I let's see what maybe round two could be like with a Jim Caldwell. You know, I, I just – I don't know about you, man. I, I understand it. I get it. The, the dude has that personality and he's won titles, but it's a lot you're going to have to give up to go get him as well. Yeah, and all of a sudden, depending on what happens with that Dallas-San Francisco game, right? I mean, if Dallas gets to the conference championship round, then regardless of what happens at that stage versus either the Giants or Eagles, I, I get it's a divisional foe, and if you lose – in that high-stakes game to a divisional foe, maybe that could ramp things up. But, man, it's going to be hard to not bring that head coach back. Sure. So, I, yeah, let's see how Dallas-San Francisco plays out. You, I guess, can't put anything past Jerry Jones and his desperation to get back into the Super Bowl championship winning circle. But, uh, man, I mean, just with how well they played versus Tampa Bay, it feels more and more unlikely. You can't. The, the Chargers, though, I'm with you. I mean, that wouldn't be shocking at all. No. In fact, if I'm Sean Payton, that's probably the one place that I want to go. 
But great question. Great question off the air comfort solutions and text line. I also I would have this. I don't I don't know if you're looking at an incredible core of candidates right now. I mean, I wrote down for the show on Sunday night the list of people that the let me see here, who was it? the Colts have interviewed so far for their vacant head coaching job. So here's who the Colts have interviewed, Josh, and you tell me if any of these people knock your socks off. Aaron Glenn, Shane Steichen, Ben Johnson, Raheem Morris, Bubba Ventrone, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Ajera Ivero, the defensive coordinator in Denver. I mean, by the way, and I didn't give you a position, so uh, Ivero is a defensive coordinator for Denver. Bienemy is kind of a rock star in waiting, right? Uh, ben Johnson, Ben Johnson is the either offensive or defensive coordinator for the Lions, and then Shane Steichen's the other. Raheem Morris, I, you know what? I would almost the Rams DC. I'd almost take a shot on a Raheem Morris and a Demeco Ryan's before I'd want to go out and spend a first round pick on Sean Payton. It's just tough to justify, isn't it? Oof. Using a first round pick to go get a head coach. I could not agree more. All right, so. Good text, good question. A little NFL talk as we wait on what the future of Sean Payton looks like and whether or not we're going to have a vacancy in in Los Angeles. All right, so as we went to break, we were talking about the Sooner roster players who are in the portal and have found new homes. And tomorrow is the day in which that first portal window closes. Now, And again, it is my understanding that that window closes for everyone. Right, It's not one of those things like we saw before the portal opened and suddenly you saw a bunch of names that were already entering their, their name in the portal. right? Or at least doing it with, with graphic season. And those were grad transfers. I understand. I don't need the history lesson. I just My understanding is it's closed. Boom, it's, it's closed. Fiend. Joseph Wette's done with football, according to what Parker has told us. Joshua Eaton's off to Texas State. Kendall Dennis to USF. Cedric Roberts to Texas State. Theo Weese to Missouri. Nick Evers to Wisconsin. And we learned yesterday that Josh Ellison would be on his way to Memphis. As far as your research has shown you, Josh, and everything you've looked, am I missing anything else on that list of players in the portal who have ended up somewhere else? No, I think that's, uh, I think that's well done. Comprehensive. Okay. One for one. And I just want to make this very clear. I have reached out to everybody at the station. Say, if you see anything wrong with this, fix it. If there's a name that needs to be added, fix it. (laughs) You want to know how many people have looked at it still, Josh? You and me? You and me. (laughs) Right. Well, Toby and TJ. TJ does. Um, All right. Here's who's coming in with the additions that we know about. Austin Stogner, obviously, tied into South Carolina, minor, first guy that I have on my list. Deshaun McCullough, linebacker defensive end out of Indiana. Teddy theorized that maybe, you know, thinking about what Oklahoma has done in the portal, maybe they see McCullough a little, and, and with, with Aguebu being in the portal, that maybe that indicates that McCullough could be a guy that might see more action at linebacker. Luke Elzinga, kicker out of Central Michigan. Trace Ford. To add to the depth on defensive line, in fact, Ford is one of five guys on the defensive line that they brought in. Reggie Pearson, Jr., safety out of Tech. Jacob Lacey, big defensive tackle out of Notre Dame. 
staying on the defensive line, Rondell Bothroyd, right? Not Bothroyd, Bothroyd out of Wake Forest. Devon Sears, the defensive lineman out of Texas State. And then Caleb Schaefer, offensive lineman out of Miami of Ohio. Those are the names that we've known about for a minute now. Over the past week, we've seen the addition of Michigan wide receiver Andrew Anthony, the flip from Nebraska of offensive lineman Walter Rouse, the house, and yesterday, tight end Blake Smith. Which, my word, Josh, that tight end room is, that's pretty good. That's pretty good right now when you start thinking about two transfer uh, transfer additions in Stogner and Smith and the young guys that have a year under their belt and probably ready to break out this season. Yeah, the, all of a sudden that tight end room is just what we were wondering or thinking it might look like going into next year. It's totally been revamped and reshaped with uh, obviously bringing Stogner back and you go and get Smith. I still, you know – Seeing just the lack of production, this is what I said yesterday, Plank. Seeing that Smith is someone that's appeared in six games and caught two passes for one yard, I still look at both Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn and say, okay, one of those two guys can make a massive leap and be Oklahoma's number two tight end next year. The The Smith addition, to me, does not eliminate that possibility at all. And I guess, uh, I guess we have to include Cade McIntyre, the signee, right, as part of that group. Oh, absolutely. You scared me. I thought we were adding another signee in my list of OU Portal editions based on the fact that we were fighting over Kendall Darby for so long. Or not, um, Dolby. Dolby, thank you. Um, as far as Sooner targets that we know of and where they ended up, you had two more wide receivers yesterday and over the past few days that had been linked in some way, shape, or form to Oklahoma that ended up going other places. Now, I never gave up on Dante Cephas. I was the one that kept fighting, scratching, and clawing, hoping there might be an opportunity. Cephas finally made his decision over the weekend. The Kent State wide receiver is going to Penn State. And he had been, gosh, I want to say this was one of Pete Thamel's first misses because Thamel had him going to, to Pitt. And he ends up at Penn State. And then Tyler Broden, the Bowling Green wide receiver who had been linked to Oklahoma, ends up signing over the weekend with Arkansas. So I give this disclaimer every single time. If you listen regularly, you're tired of hearing about it. But just for those that are new, uh, following the portal has been very challenging to understand who Oklahoma offers and who they don't because really it's – or at least who they're interested in because it's kind of on the, the player – to leak that information or throw it out there. And we got a list here of about, you know, 12 guys, but I'm sure there's many, many more that they talked to. These were just a handful of people that made it public on social media that either A, they were visiting Norman, or B, they had an offer from Oklahoma. So there is our somewhat comprehensive list. The Sooners get Woody Washington, Isaiah Coe, Drake Stoops, and Dylan Gabriel back, while off to the NFL includes Marvin Mims, Jeffrey Johnson, C.J. Colden, Deshaun White, Braden Willis, Anton Harrison, who is now, by the way, people, projected as a first-round pick, Jalen Redman, Wanya Morris, and Eric Gray. And if I understand correctly, Bill Beanbow still looking for his first first-round pick as a Sooner. And, Josh, I think Anton Harrison is going to be that guy coming up in a couple months.
So Yeah, it definitely looks like it. Probably made a pretty good decision. There's our roster update. All right, when we come back, best of the air comfort solutions text line. We do bottom of every hour. Got our top five stories of the day. It's a busy Tuesday right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Can I, quick little confession, because I was texting with Toby during the break. I've heard the promo. I And by the way, I quickly realized, because I don't get to listen a lot on 94.7, because uh, I'll just listen on 1400, because I'm right there. Um, if you don't hear, there's a great promo running where Toby talks about whenever he's on the road and how when he walks into a hotel, he has, like, the conversation with the hotel room. Josh, I'm very guilty of that. That's something I do. And, in fact, if you've traveled with me on softball, there's a few people that have caught me. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm not doing anything right now. Shut the door make sure it's just like, look at you. All right. Let's see. Ooh, you got the fancy smelling lotion. All right, good. A little larger. Sometimes I'm spoiled. I'm like, oh, you got the shampoo dispenser in the shower, I see. Never know what could have happened in that dispenser. Someone could have spit in that thing. You could, couldn't hurt yourself to get the little bottles. I was joking about walking into Microtab, walking in when we were in West Virginia. Oh, look at this little guy. I like this little guy. I can fit in here. Let's go. This works. It's crazy, but it's a very nice, reassuring promo that we have, Josh, to let me know I'm not as crazy of a person as I think I am. It is normal behavior. Yeah, I walk in. Oh, man, this is – look, look at, at this. This, this. this is pretty oh. – Lay the bed. You know what? what? You know what? It, I, okay. I'm, I'm not going to put the tr- – the, not putting the bag on the bed. All right, okay. I'll leave it on the floor. This view's all right. They don't have all bed right. bugs here. I feel good about this. Oh, look at this TV. Look at this TV. Does it have – oh, it's got an input. I can play stuff through my computer on it. MP, let's go. Oh, okay. Here's the television channels list. <laughs> For me, usually I'm doing a lot of shows. So there's another thing that I do that's really obnoxious is I walk in to a hotel room and, I, and I'll and i listen real closely to see if I can hear people in the room next to me. And then I'll do like a radio fight. I'll be like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I, it, that makes no sense, right? And then I'll listen, and if anyone kind of freaks out, I'm like, might have to find somewhere else in the hotel to do this ch- show tonight. <laughs> but thank you, Toby. I'm glad that promo's running. It makes me feel somewhat somewhat sane. Off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Kelly in Perry, Florida, asks a question that makes me think he missed the first hour of the show. But, Kelly, because I like you and because you fell under the uh, accidental block umbrella during Baker Mayfield's comeback against the Raiders, he writes, will we get a Big 12 football schedule this week? In your opinion, what's the delay? I'm ready for softball. Good question, Kelly. Um, no, you're not getting a Big 12 football schedule this week. And I don't think it's coming until – right up against that TV deadline, mid-February. I don't know what to tell you. We sp- If you missed it uh, on the podcast, search KREF, however you consume podcasts, or go to krefsports.com, or excuse me, krefsports.com, and you can find all of the, the podcasts on the podcast page. But I think, Josh, we, we, came, to the, we, we came to the conclusion that we'll just wait for it when it happens. And – as it stands right now, 
Oklahoma's playing in the Big 12 next week, uh, next year, and next week. And we'll just assume that we're going to two of the new schools, probably having the other two new schools come here. And there's probably four places, four teams, two places, four teams that we typically play that Oklahoma's not going to see in 23. That would be my assumption. And if the Big 12 is about protecting investments, it wouldn't surprise me if Kansas State, TCU, Baylor, and heck, maybe an Oklahoma State isn't on their roster or on their schedule. That's just me. That's my guess. Um, Chuck writes, Plank, you're comparing your crazy with T-Row. Is that really a good source for validation? No, it's not because Toby's very normal. Right? I mean, Toby's a very normal dude in my world. You guys can, can say that the steak sauce on steaks is concerning. Guilty. I do the same thing in certain places. Now, I'm not going to ask for it at Cattleman's, but I'm guilty of doing the same thing. So, yeah. It, if I do something and Toby does it, that makes me feel like I'm not insane. It's like, oh. So, and in fact, TJ's kind of like that too. What's TJ's thing? Mustard with potato chips? I'm a ketchup guy. Want to eat chips? Whoa! Yeah. What? So, yeah. And this all happened whenever I was a little kid. And now, don't get me wrong. I don't go to the fridge and like squirt out a bowl of ketchup to dip my chips in. If it happens to be on the plate, then right. If I'm eating, uh, if I'm at cheeseburger, some ketchup spills out. Thank you. Right. I don't go search it out. It's not I like got, I, okay. Well, that yeah, that makes yeah. a little more sense. So it makes me feel a little better. Um. Great question from our roster conversation. How many people are in the cheetah room now? <laughs> That's I don't know. I, I heard Josh McQuistion joking about this, and Teddy talked about it. But I feel like almost every single one of these defensive guys that has come in, Josh, you feel like there's a conversation about how they're going to be the cheetah, right? <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of these guys. Definitely McCullough. Uh, Pearson, I mean, would he would he have an opportunity there? Maybe he's he's a safety all the way. We think, right? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think so. You're talking about the older McCullough, right? Yes, Deshaun okay, McCullough. Deshaun. Teddy made it seem like he thought he might play linebacker. So, well, Cheetah Cheetah is a little bit. It's in Ted Roof's room. Yeah, it is. A, it is a little bit that, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, that's – we don't know the personnel groupings yet. No, not at all. And then here, here's a quick one before we grab a break. Um, what's with Ellison going to Memphis, writes Irving Cougar. Seems like a step down. I mean, one of the things for players that is maybe an unintended consequence of the transfer portal is – Coaches might say it's better off for you, Chris Plank, if you want to go get in the portal here. And if you want to play, probably going to be your best chance to play. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened with Josh Ellison. But based on where some dudes are landing right now, Josh, I feel like that's a fair assessment. Not saying anything bad about the kid. Not saying that Brent Venables is chasing anyone off. But sometimes if you walk in and you go, I'm thinking about going in the portal, the response might be, good luck. 
I hope you do great. Other times it might be, hey, you know what, it might not be a bad idea for you to see if maybe you can find out what's out there for you in the portal. Indeed. Yeah, if uh, the writing's sort of on the wall there. Jay from Medill, our base defense in 2023 will be a 3-2 cheetah. (laughs) 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 It's pretty good. That's what it sounds like. Hey, uh, Phil Pachotti, what are you coming in to do? Play cheetah? Great. (laughs) Deshaun McCullough, what are you playing, cheetah? Justin Harris, cheetah? I don't think everyone's coming to play cheetah. Um, and let's I, I have to I talk I was talking with Coach Roof about this when we did the signing day show. I said, you know, I gotta get my mind around stop asking about backers if they're inside or outside guys. Don't I? He goes, Yeah, kind of, but you know, I, I think when you're talking outside guys, you know, you're essentially in a roundabout way asking about a cheetah. And you're asking about that position. I'm like, okay. Because, I mean, you think about it. Whenever you're in a – oh, you want to – when you're in a 3-4 or you're in a 3-3-5 stack, you know, you got um, maybe to a lesser extent a 4-3, you're, you're talking about guys that might be considered, you know, outside backers. I don't really know if truly you would phrase either one of the two main backers, right, the Stutzmans and the Igwebus from last year um, – as anything but like inside backers. So for me, this has been in, in my question asking, Josh, this whole thought process to where, you know, does an outside backer, is that a guy that could become an edge or is that a guy that's going to end up in that cheetah room? Because as it stands right now, there's a lot of dudes that appear to be in that cheetah room. It's been a process for me. I'm learning, people. Teddy might just be telling me I'm stupid and yelling at the radio right now, but that's been my understanding, Ted. One of these days, my goal is to know something as well as Teddy Lehman knows Brent Venable's defense. I'm pretty close on Raider quarterback history. A little bit close. Pretty good on uh, proper ways to fix a riding lawnmower. But I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever know anything as well as Teddy knows that. 4-2 Cheetah. All right, starting at – could you hear Toby doing the starting lineups? at the Or, or the, uh, the PA, right? At Cheetah. And at, at Cheetah. Cheetah. <laughs> we could we come up with a different name for all of them. At Roy Backer. At Cheetah. All right, we got a break. I'm sorry. I'm getting carried away here in my tomfoolery. When we come back, put a wrap on hour two with a quick look at the basketball schedule. Top five stories today coming up next right here on The Ref. Do you have those moments, Josh, where you're maybe in a conversation off the air during a break or something? And you realize, oh, I, I got a show I got to get back to. No doubt, yes. And it is, <laughs> for, for everybody listening, it's... Uh, I'm in fight it, or flight right y- now. You know what it is? It's a lot like that feeling you get when you wake up immediately, you like jar awake, and you think, oh my gosh, I got to be here, I got to be there. And then you look at your phone, you're like, okay, whoo, whoo, I do have another hour to I sleep. Time. I got time. I can hit snooze one more time. It's only 7.05. But it's like... <laughs> That out-of-body experience where you're like, oh, wait a second, we got a show to do. I was talking to a good friend of the show, Hair uh, Galore, Grant Wade, during the break. And so I'm over at Sooner Vision. I'm at OU today. Uh, and, in fact, Josh, we need to have a conversation. We, uh, we might be bugging for five minutes a little bit earlier than we thought. So we, this might be a – we might be sending up the bat signal for Connor Pasby for a segment. Because 
It looks like the volleyball coach needs to go a little bit sooner. We'll discuss during the break. But I was talking to Grant, and we're just I'm so I'm no use. I have to run upstairs to get coffee because Joel hasn't put the coffee maker down here yet. <laughs> he hates me so much. Uh, and we're just in there having a conversation. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well that's good. So you got really? Oh. Then all of a sudden I'm like. I'm doing a radio show. I don't know what I'm doing up here talking to you. <laughs> I got to get so, out of here. I, 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 literally, and I hadn't seen Grant probably since Christmas, if not a little bit, oh, actually since the bowl game. So I come sprinting downstairs. I'm running, holding a coffee cup. So there's got to be video of it that Natalie Davis or someone can find that's hilarious. And then I sit down here and it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. We're still on a commercial break. Sorry about that. Here is a uh, good heads up from our man Crimson47 who writes, We have a softball preview show on ESPN Plus at 5 p.m. today. Can't wait for the season to start, Boomer. No, no, no. Let me, let, me, let me clarify that for you. You don't have a softball preview show. You have an all-access pass to Oklahoma Sooner softball. Yeah, it's going to be really cool, isn't it? That's what you've got, right? Now, um, I can tell you, from what I've been told, it's there's there's not a situation where Patty or JT or Coach Roach is looking over anyone's shoulder saying, cut that, don't air that. You can't have – like literally it, it feels like this is going to be about as all-access as you get. Now you got a preview coming out of Boyd Street Magazine that I wrote this weekend that we'll talk about. But this is not a preview, man. This is an all-access pass to Sooner softball. Embrace it. All right, top five stories of the day next.